the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. Thank you for tuning in and being here with us today. Today we have a Pretty incredible show, and I, I say that every week because every show is incredible because I believe God is in the midst. Um, so today we will have a, one of the elders from At The Cross Church in Oceanside, and uh, he will be um, speaking basically about end time stuff, and I'm going to be asking him, you know, uh, where we're at now in time and how does it look like, but his name is uh, Elder David. Um, and, and so without further ado, make sure you stay tuned in for the latter half of the show when we have a message and today's message is incredible. David, thank you for being here with us today. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started today. My name is David. I'm uh, elders at the cross and, um, I've been with the Lord since I was 16, been studying the scriptures, uh, now 42 years, uh, I love going into little details. I love studying. I love teaching. And uh, there's not one day I don't let it pass without me learning something new in the, in the Word. Amen. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, I, amen. I, I just, I wanted to just kind of just say amen and affirmation. So please continue. So um, when I was 16, it, it seemed like the Lord always, allow me to do be in leadership. I was a youth pastor. I was uh, first a deacon. Of course, put up chairs and stuff like that when I was younger. But as I got older, I went to seminary for two years. And uh, then I, I started going to uh, Greg's Glory Church for a while. I was one of the uh, elders there. And then, then from there, we moved to Cars Band. I was uh, uh, one of the leaders at a, at a church here called uh, North Coast. Um, then we moved to Oregon, and I went to John Corson's church in uh, Applegate, uh, Oregon, and uh, became an elder there with, with that ministry. Um, and I was teaching, of course, leading and doing different things. Every church, every single church that God has put me in has has allowed me to be a teacher there. So uh, I came to your church, and now the Lord has put me there to... Uh, to start a study, and right now we're, believe it or not, we're in the book of Revelation. Not because we picked it, just because we've been going from Corinthians and going down book by book, and we're now in Revelation. So uh, we're excited about it because uh, we know that we can start either Matthew or we can go into Genesis. Amen. That's awesome. So, what day do you guys meet at, at meet, the cross? We meet at the cross at 7 p.m every Thursday night, and it's only an hour from 7 to, to 8, and let me tell you, that hour goes fast. We, we even look at the time and go, man, we got, can you share anymore? We, we do fellowship afterwards, but it, it's just because uh, 
there's so much to share. You know, we go by cha- we go chapter by chapter, one chapter each Thursday. And uh, right now, believe it or not, we're tonight is going to be chapter 13, which uh, if anybody knows the scripture of Revelation, that's a very key factor chapter in the Bible. That's that's pretty awesome. You know, John Corson was one of my. Uh uh people that i uh listen to he's you know i'm i'm actually a, a pastor but i used to like to listen to him as well i he's very uh informative and god is definitely using him and has used him throughout the years um but hey l- let's get right into what uh today is about um and, and it's i'm i'm kind of really excited because you're actually going through the book of revelation right now and you're about to start chapter 13 but kind of um let me ask you a general question where do you think we are right now in the prophetic book i mean if if i was to say here's the book of revelation where are we at right now what would you say you know uh so many people like to point dates and stuff i do know that god's in control and he could come any minute now, especially we, they've been saying that for centuries, but not so, it's like almost the stars are lining up. Everything is lining up from, uh, um, you know, the science, science, the science technology we have today that we could uh, now be one world. Everyone communicates, uh, you know, so quickly. Um, the idea of, of having, uh, a million army men or the ability to have one world system of, of governing. All that was so impossible to even think of. Uh, and today it's like, it's like, you know, every day thing, it can be done. And so I see God um, always orchestrating a timeline for himself that once the rapture takes place, he's going to turn over the sand clock of seven years. Until that happens, that sand clock is not turned over. But yet, preparation for the end time, God is allowing man to get closer and closer to have everything lined up when uh, the rapture takes place. So we're very close. I, uh, um, I remember when people were talking about the mark of the beast back before I was born, they were saying that the mark of the beast was the, uh, the social security number. And the church went against the social security numbers. They wanted to mark us all with numbers and this and that. And, and now we laugh at it. You know, social security number, we use it every day for taxes. Then they came to barcode. In the little barcode, they go, tee, tee, and Yes. And they said, that's the mark of the beast. It has 666 in it. You know, everything you buy and sell, you got to use it. And they were so against that and everything. And today, we just look at it and use it every single day. And we think that is kind of funny now. And now... We get to a point where we have a, we can put, you know, a, uh, under your skin, um, something where, where now they could read everything about you. You could, you could read about your history, about your health, about uh, how much money you have in the bank. And now at this juncture in time, never before we have the ability to do that, to buy and sell with a chip under your skin. And it's not no more a laughing matter. I mean, uh, we see it, and when I see these things, I get so excited because the Lord's coming so soon. But nothing will happen until uh, the church is taken away. Then, the, like I always use a metaphor that 
that would turn the sand clock of seven years, and they'll start knowing that the uh, the tribulation will happen. So let me ask you a question. Um, we're definitely not in the tribulation. I know that some people believe that. Um, here's a question for you, because I know you're a very st- uh, well-studied man, and praise God for that. There's a peace treaty that Israel is supposed to uh, sign. Do you believe that's at the, before um, the rapture or after the rapture when that's when that takes place? You know, um, there's so many peace treaties that have been happening with uh, Israel, and we could go back and say this could be it, this could be it, right. this could be it. But the Antichrist is one's going to be the one that's going to make it stick. And he's going to bring a unified uh, unity in Israel with the Palestinians and the Jewish people that no one had ever done before. And that's what's going to cause them to unify. But to do that, he needs to be revealed. And for him to be revealed, the Scripture says, that which is perfect must be taken away, then he'll be revealed. And people start talking about this being the last, or we're living in, in the... Uh, tribulation. The only problem with that is that if you read carefully and you read each seal that is open, um, on the once we get to the fourth seal, two billion people die at that seal. Uh, when the when the pale horse come and death and hell with uh, hunger and death comes to the world, that's crazy. So, so no one even thinks about that. That certain things have to take place. And it has to come to a place of 2 billion people dying. And for that to happen, uh, we haven't even got there. And never in history ever happened that way. Because the Antichrist is going to come bringing uh, first uh, a pseudo-peace, meaning a fake peace, and then to take over the world, you have to subdue it, and it'll take that much people to die before he takes over the whole world. And then we don't even, we don't even recognize that at the, uh, the trumpets, Right on the, uh, um, believe the uh, uh, fifth trumpet, uh, another two billion people would die then. So almost half of the world population is going to be it's going to be put to death during the tribulation, and to have that is going to be famine and wars and and you know and we haven't even got there. We're still at the edge of of seeing the clouds. Uh, gathering up and getting darker and darker, knowing that the storm is coming. And um, because we see this sign, we should be looking up and be ready that the Lord's coming and be excited that the the, the, the long wait is almost due and, and have our bags packed and ready to get out of this world because uh, uh, it is just around the corner. A- amen. I, I agree with you because there has been a bunch of little peace treaties that they've tried putting together and there's been some sort of peace but the ultimate peace uh that that happens is going to be signed somewhere in the uh tribulation period now here's what's amazing some people actually believe that that gets signed within 50 days after the rapture and i it, I, I don't see how they get that or they see that anywhere in scripture because it doesn't it doesn't tell you that. And so I, I'm with you. I believe that right at the rapture, seven years later, is um, is the second coming. And so at seven years of, of horrific famine, hungers, and earthquakes. And so it's going to be crazy. 
I, you know, here's a, a little picture when I when I think about where we're at in Turkey. Um, there's been between forty two and forty five thousand people that have died in this uh, series of earthquakes that they had, and we just had another one today, a seven point three on uh, the border of China and Kyrgyzstan, I believe that's the name of the country. But uh, yeah. it's just happening. It's it's like wild. And so I agree. I don't think we uh, – it, it's nothing compared to what's going to happen in the tribulation period. So here's another question. Um, the Antichrist, you think the church will ever get to uh, – I'm what I mean by the church is those that have asked Jesus into the heart, those that – that will go up with him, get caught up, that would harpazo in the Greek, rapturo in the uh, Latin, it's caught up, and that's where we get our word rapture. Uh, do you think the church is ever going to uh, see who the Antichrist is? You know, that's a trick question, because I could say yes when we're on the horse coming back and destroying... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to see him there. We're going to make sure he's done. Okay, if you want to know, then we'll see him then. But not not on earth. I believe Satan always had his man. He always had a man prepare. He, he doesn't know when, but he, he's ready for it. He knows his time is short, and he's uh, always has one, and it dies, and he has another one. And even now, I believe he's living. I always used to say when I was younger that if the Lord came, uh, you know, in 30 years, then the, then the Antichrist is about five years old. If the Lord came in 10 years, then the Antichrist is about 20, 25. So if the Lord comes today, then the Antichrist is right around his 30, 35. You see what I mean? So it, it, it all, it, God has his timing so well or, um, orchestrated because he is sovereign that nothing's going to happen without every, every dot and every cross of, of any word in the Scripture happen exactly like it, it's written there. You know, it says he comes with a white horse. And he comes conquering and conquering, you know, uh, and that's when he's revealed. But as we see the seals being opened, he's only given, if you look at it over and over, he's only given three and a half years. We say seven years, uh, the tribulation will happen, but he will only be given three and a half years. So he's going to do as much as he can to just take over. Um, and the main thing is, is just to uh, not to let allow God's words come to pass, but not... Him not knowing that he's a tool, Satan meant for evil, God will meant it for good. And and great people like uh, our, our brother Joseph in the Bible, he knew that. He knew that not to look at you know the circumstances, but to know that God's in control. And I and I I believe that uh, um, these things would come to pass. And like I said, uh, this earthquake is happening right now. Like you mentioned, these are just birth pains. I mean, the earthquake is. They talk about in, in the tribulation, islands would totally disappear. I'm talking about great humongous crack in the ground and the and the surface of the earth that the islands would disappear. And that's that's big. We haven't seen that y- late yet, but uh, we're seeing just birth pains as as signs. Jesus said, you know, you will have earthquakes in many places, and you will have wars and rumors of wars. Right now, we have wars, but it's not like it's not killing. Uh, uh, two billion people is killing you know in, in the thousands, but uh, um, um, it's going to when, when you're in the empty, when you're in the uh, tribulation, no one's going to be guessing. Are we in the tribulation? They're going to know. 
they're going to feel it, they're going to know it, they're going to experience it, and, and, and every day is going to be something going on, something going on harder and harder and harder, and, and that's, that's the reason we should be ready now and not wait to that time because uh, now it's a day of salvation. Amen, find, amen, amen. Find them why there's day because the night is coming. Amen. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we are discussing end-time prophecy with Elder David from At The Cross Church. Um, let me ask you another question, David. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, and, and I know that, when you look at the book of Joel, it tends to tell us uh, and speak to us about this revival or this awakening, um, whatever people want to call it. It's like Pentecost, you know, where the fire was on top of, you know, it appeared as cloven uh, uh, fire on top of all those 120 that were there and, and the rest of the other folks that were there, all the Gentile nations um, do you think that that's part of something that is happening now or, or that it'll happen in a in a bigger way before the coming of Jesus, the rapture? I think that, that it, it has happened in the past, it's happening now, and it will happen again. As there are waves. I believe there are waves of the Spirit. Um, uh, but I believe that there's going to be one more, uh, because of God's grace, because of God's love towards His people, because... God uh, doesn't quit. We sing a song that he goes for one and leaves the 99 to find one. Uh, his heart that none shall perish, but all come to repentance. And because the kind of God we have, God of love, God of patience, God of understanding, uh, he, you know, he is going to pour out one more time to take the, it's called the, the, the latter harvest. And, uh, and if you know about the the Bible it talks about the the former rains and then the latter rains. That's right. The latter rain, you get more at the latter rain than you did at the beginning, and and then there's a number in the scriptures and Revelation says that there are hundreds and thousands and millions of people that could not be numbered, and they asked John the Revelation uh, the one world Revelation they asked he asked who are these people and he goes these are the one that was you know that came out of the tribulation so God still has uh, a work of salvation now, uh, like he did in the past. He's going to have some now, and even at the end, God's going to get the glory, because uh, uh, his power is greater than anything Satan could put together. Uh, so I, I praise God for that, because we could have hope for those that are not, don't know Christ, that they could still uh, know in Christ. And you heard this say, statement before, that the reason he's, he's uh, delaying his coming, because there's one more person that we're waiting for to, to know the Lord. And, and I pray that those that are here and don't know him would know that give your life to God now while it's day, because night is coming, and it's going to be harder at during the night. And night meaning that the tribulation is going to come. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, you, you can see and feel God's goodness at, at times stronger than than you can in, um, in, in other times, like... And, and I'm going to take, for instance, um, what's going, what, what's been happening in Osbury, uh, uh, the university. Um, it's like the presence of God is there, and, and and it's sweeping in the surrounding area into other areas. But I, I believe you're right. I believe there's been waves of of God's goodness, God's presence. 
but I do believe, like perhaps you, that he is going to make it known to all flesh, like the Bible says. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I, you know, when it says, too, with all knees shall bow and all tongues shall confess, uh, everyone's going to recognize that uh, who God is, that he is the Savior. And many would take him as, as Savior in their hearts um, in the last days. Um, like I say, I, like I repeat myself, there is a harvest is coming. And because the, because the time is short, Satan's also working overtime. Uh, he's, he's, as you notice, he's working with the newscasts, he's working with the movies, he's working with music, he's working with Hollywood, he's working with uh, the colleges. He's, he's trying to, you know, bring chaos and not allow God's power. But greater is he that's in us than he is in the world. And nothing, not even the gates of hell shall prevent against the church of God. And these scriptures that God has said that, you know, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Uh, you could stand on those scriptures because at the end, Christ gets the victory. He gets glorified. And all those that he's called, that he's, we're still waiting for, will get saved. And I, I still, I'm waiting, and I have faith with you, brother, that uh, one great last revival uh, before the, the trumpet sounds and we're taken away what happened one more time because... Uh, um, he, he his, his time his time his time is short. His time is short to for him to come. He's he's he's, he's still around the corner, uh, so closely. Amen. A- amen. I I completely uh, uh, agree with you. It's it, it is a powerful, uh, um, faithful word that he's given us, and I'm standing on that. I I wish that. Everyone I knew would would know the Lord, but it's not like that sometimes. So if someone finds himself afraid right now because they're thinking, hey, you know, there's no more hope. There's all these earthquakes. Our government is falling apart. Russia is attacking Ukraine. Um, Russia just aligned with China and and they're going to work on on other things. China now may attack uh, uh, you know, their island that's off their Taiwan. I mean, there's so much happening. You know, um, Israel now has has basically said they're going to go in there and, and knock out all of the uh, uh, nuclear uh, stuff that Iran may have. And so we're living in some really chaotic time. So what would you tell someone if they're like, hey, there's no hope. I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm lost. I'm, I'm losing my mind. My my job isn't paying me enough. Uh, the world is falling apart. I, You know, there's too many hypocrites in the church. Um, I, I, I don't need Jesus. I don't know anything about him. What would you tell someone that feels like that right now? Well, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm studying Revelation again, and uh, today's the chapter 13, but last week was chapter 12, and it speaks there in chapter 12 that, now is come salvation, strength, the kingdom of God, and the power of Christ. Let me tell you that if you are in Christ, and if Christ is your Lord, you have his power. And the power, it says there, that they overcame the dragon or the enemy, 
Uh, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they not love their life unto death. Meaning that God is able, by the power of the Spirit of God, that those are in Christ and trusting in Him, trusting in His word, that if they claim the blood in the sense of repentance and walking right with Him, and they, and they continue keeping the words lined up with the testimony of their lives, and not love anything on this earth, he promised that that nothing that Satan come against us shall prosper. You know, he's cast out of heaven. He's going to be cast out of, of the earth. And it's just, it's just things that you look at when you're in Christ. He, he is in control. And I, I like the idea when I think about, uh, it's appointed for man once to die. When I think about that, I have peace in my heart knowing that I don't have to worry about uh, I'm going to die young and die old. I always got to say, God is so good that he knows he has me here for a purpose. And as long as uh, he's in control, all things work together for good. And these things he said, be not afraid, be not anxious. These things will come to pass. You will hear rumors of wars. And you'll have wars. You'll see earthquake in diverse places. You know, uh, nations shall rise against nation. But be a good cheer, he says, because I'm going to come back. I'm going to come for my own. And, and if you understand that, that these things come to pass, that means God's word is true. And there is no fear or anxiety or anxiousness when you're in Christ, because when you give your heart to him and you dedicate yourself to him and you and you rely on him and have faith in him, he gives you a peace that passes understanding. People will say, why are you so peaceful? You should be this way. Say, because I have a God that's in control and is sovereign. And then he gives you a joy. And you go, Where, why do you get this joy when all this is happening? Because the Holy Ghost fills me with the joy of the Lord that I am his. I am forgiven. I have a destiny. I am made new. He has continued working with me. I finish and these promises you stand on is the basis of us having uh, Amen. Woo! Powerful, David. Thank you so much. Hey, please come back and, and tune in as the latter part of the show. We will be a great message. Woo! Love you guys. I love you. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday to Thursday, along with a classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for spring 2023. Visit them online at www.atthecrossoceanside.com. That's at thecrossoceanside.com. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for staying tuned in with us today. 
this message is powerful that we have. And and I want to again thank David for being here with us today and speaking about our current situation as a nation and as a world. And we are expecting Jesus to come back soon. You know, we've spoken about this before, but I think today is an April time to go back over John chapter 5 as Jesus heals this paralytic man. And what I love about this story is that Jesus goes out of his way to have an encounter with this man that he heals. But that's the God that we serve, is that he goes out of his way to meet you, me, and to anyone who's lost or to anyone who has lost their way. I love it. You know, in in prior, when John was speaking in John chapter 4, as God led him, he told us about how Jesus went into Samaria and he literally went out of his way to go into Samaria to have an encounter with this woman, this Samaritan woman, a woman who literally was lost, who had no hope, who had other beliefs, who was half Jewish, who was despised by the Jews, whom nowhere in any other place would a Jew have spoken to her because at that time they thought that being born a woman was almost like a curse to them. So you would never find a a religious leader speaking to a woman, yet Jesus went out of his way to have an encounter with her. He needed to speak to her. He needed to bring life to her. And by doing that, she understood and gratefully accepted what Jesus was saying to her. Remember, Jesus said that he was the fountain of living water, living water. And he actually went as far as says, whoever drinks of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but that water that I will give him shall be in him a well of water springing into everlasting life. Jesus spoke to her, spoke into her life, but went out of his way to have an encounter. And I believe that if you're tuning in right now, God wants to have an encounter with you. He wants to personally bring revival to your life. He wants to have a relationship with you. And especially in these days that we are living in now that are lawless, uh, that even our own government has no respect for we, the people, a country that was literally founded on God's word. But without further ado, let's get into chapter 5, and it starts off like this. There, After these, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethsaida, having five 
porches. I want you to know that this isn't just a story that was made up, a story that just popped up like a mythological uh, uh, made up story about something that happened. They've actually have dug down into this area and guess what? They found this pool with five porches. You can actually go to Israel right now and see this place. So this is an actual historical place that still exists to today. I believe God has literally preserved this so that you would know that he no doubt went through this place and did this marvelous work that we will soon find out <clears throat> what it was. And, and, and in this place, it says this as we continue to read. <clears throat> in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, <clears throat> of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Excuse me, this is actually a wonderful story as you read it because most places and most uh, Bibles take out this part of the of scripture because they couldn't believe that this place actually existed in that. And so in when you read verse 3, the waiting for the moving of water is removed from most Bibles, if not all new versions. And what's interesting, verse 4 is completely out of most Bibles, except for the older Bibles that were written. When you look at this, um, verse 7 is in all the Bibles, and without the latter part of 3 and verse 4, you would never um, understand the story, but every Bible has verse 7. And so when you look at this as it was written, there's no doubt that that whole story was there. But when the copyists looked at this, they couldn't understand this story because verse 4 says this for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in he was made whole or that person was made whole of whatever disease he had it's it's a beautiful story it's like god literally did this place and allowed that whoever walked in when the angel would stir the water would be healed. And it's again interesting that that verse does not appear in any of the newer versions because they don't, it's hard for them to see that this place existed. It's hard for them to, to see that an angel would stir the water and whoever went in was healed. You know, what I like about this verse is that throughout Scripture, water, you know, there's no doubt in other places represents turbulent times, but water is always, as well in Scripture, a, a reviving uh, source. 
that makes men better. Remember, Jesus said he was living water. And I don't know if you know this, but it makes sense why baptism is is part of something that we do as believers after we've asked Jesus into our heart. Um, the, and Titus says that it's the washing of the regeneration that takes place. In the Old Testament, in Leviticus chapter 8, all the priests, before they were uh, literally ordained, had to be washed in water before they stepped into ministry. So when you think of this, it makes sense why all the Jewish people or the Jewish leaders at that time were so moved and, and, and so distraught over John's baptism because they knew that the water now that representing that represented a washing of the of of the priest was now for the common folk was now for those that had a repented heart so that's why they were troubled at what John was doing because they they couldn't believe that now it was for the regular person but here we see something that that God somehow instituted during the last book that was written in the Old Testament. They say there was probably about 400 silent years, but somehow Jesus allowed this to continue where this water would be stirred. Some people, and I'm one to believe that as we see what's about to take place, that it is a fulfillment of... um, Isaiah chapter 43, and let me read that to you. It says, but now, on, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, you see that? When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And it makes perfect sense. A woman at the well, Jesus had an encounter at this well, at, at, at this place that had water. Remember when Peter walked on water, when he saw Jesus walking on water and he sunk as soon as he took his eyes off of him. But the verse continues says, I will be with thee through the rivers. They shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through fire, thou shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. What an incredible uh, prophecy that is given, um, and I believe for these days when God still does something special through the regeneration of washing. Hey, if you just turned in, this is... Freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through this amazing story in John chapter 5 of the stirring of the water that an angel caused in this place called Bethsaida that had five porches. That place still exists. Now, verse 5 says this, And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years Imagine that this kid, this person had been in this condition for 38 years. 
I don't know if you've ever watched this movie Chosen, and they they give a twist to this. They show this this person when he was a child and playing with his brother, and his brother and this person fell down and became lame in his arms and his legs, and and eventually his brother went off to do something else, and this guy wanted to be healed again and had his hope was in that one day the Messiah would show up and heal him. Um, that's not in scripture, but what we know for sure is that this man had been in this condition for 38 years. Imagine that. 38 years. Imagine his his cry. Imagine the pain that it was in. Imagine the negative thoughts that went through his head because he was in this condition and and no healing and and nothing was happening to him and and so he decided at one point in his life that that he wanted to be healed and heard of this place and went to there and, and was there. And somehow Jesus, in verse 6, it says this, When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case, he said unto him. So Jesus knew that he had been in that condition. His prayers were always heard. His, His pain was always known by God. And God shows up at the perfect time. Remember, the Bible says in the beginning was a word and a word was with God and a word was God and a word became flesh. Jesus shows up. Jesus knew his condition. Now, some of the newer versions take out that and knew that Jesus knew. They just say that he had been a long time in that case. See, Jesus knows him. Without him, without that being in there, um, it doesn't make him who he is. It doesn't point to what he can do. It doesn't show him as creator. And here we see he knew the condition of the man. And he asks this, will thou be made whole? And the question is, is simple. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? See, that same question is put out to you. Do you want to be healed? Are you tired of that brokenness that you find yourself in? Or or are you tired of playing church? Are, are you finding yourself with no hope and you see nothing changing in your life? The question today is, do you want to be healed do you want to be made whole do you want to be made whole verse 7 says this the impotent the impotent man answered him remember impotent means that he had no power within him to move sir i have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool He says, no one puts me in there. Everyone jumps ahead of me. Do you find yourself like that where no one is even caring for you? You, you? you think or you believe that no one loves you. That no one cares for you. That no one wants to help you. This man felt just like that. 
No one wants to put me in the pool, but while I am coming, while he struggles, while he moves to see what he can do, another steppeth down before me, the man says. Someone jumps in before me. Someone is not looking out for my best interests. No one cares for me. No one is helping me to get there. Today, Jesus is saying, I want to help you. I want to heal you. I am the same yesterday when this happened. I am the same today, and I will be the same tomorrow. I can get you there. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? Jesus said unto him, and I believe Jesus is speaking to you right now. Rise. Be alive. Receive your healing. Be made whole. Be restored in your mind. Let your heart be restored. Rise up and take thy bed and walk. Walk. You can walk today. You can feel alive. All you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe you died for me and rose again. And I accept what your word says. I want to be healed. If you don't know Jesus, you can be healed spiritually. If you've been playing church, you can be healed and made whole today. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on that same day was the Sabbath. And you will see what happens when people become religious. When you you look at a day, when you look at something instead of looking at Jesus. When you think your religiosity, your You going to church every Sunday or Saturday or whatever day you choose during the week. When you believe that is sufficient. Look, God is looking for your heart. Yes, church is all part of it. But if you're in that place now, Jesus is saying, get up. You don't have to be religious. I can heal you any day of the week. Uh, The next part is... Is I'm going to read it, but the first part of this message was, do you want to be made whole? Jesus goes out of his way because he knew the condition of this man. Jesus knows your condition. And today he has gone out of the way. You're not listening today by any coincidence. It wasn't your friend that told you to listen today. It was God wanting you to hear this message. The Jews therefore said unto him that was to him that was cured, It is a Sabbath day. It is not lawful for you to carry thy bed. 
He answered them, He that made me whole, he that made me well, he that healed me, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Oh my goodness, I would have listened as well. I wouldn't have cared what a religious person told me. I would have picked up my bed and started running and yelling, Woohoo! I am whole today. And then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wished not who it was. He didn't even know who Jesus was. He just took up his bed and walked because he had been longing to be healed. Longing for someone to help him. For Jesus was conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. See, why didn't Jesus heal everybody there? Why did there was a bunch of sick folk there? But he went specifically for this person. And today he's being specific with you. He wants to heal you. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. Now that is powerful right there. Let me tell you a quick little story. I know a lady that I went with another person to pray for. And the lady was supposed to die. Had four stage cancer. Four stage cancer. And, and I took another guy that I knew had this wonderful ministry of praying for people. The lady had been giving 30 days 60 max to live. Four stage cancer. We walked in there and he says, he told me, you better believe it. Don't walk in here with me because God's going to heal her. He gets in there and puts, begins to speak to her and says, God's going to heal you today. Sin no more. Do not go back to your sin. Today you can repent. Today you can give it all to God and he will forgive you and heal you. Those were some powerful words. I was stunned when he told her, sin no more, lest the worst thing happen to you. And she began to weep and cry, and, and he prayed a simple prayer. Be healed in Jesus' name. Three days later, she goes and sees her doctor. Because she's feeling good. She wants, doesn't know what is happening and goes to see her doctor. And there wasn't a trace of cancer in her body. You're, you're, I don't want you to think that I or the person that I went to go pray for with this lady had power in ourselves. It was Jesus who healed her. It was Jesus who performed this amazing miracle. But we can't be religious people. Sin no more. You know that for about six to eight months, this lady was in perfect health. And she went back to the sin that had her captivated before. Within like 30 to 60 days, the cancer came back 
as hard as ever, and she perished. She died. Sin no more, lest the worst thing happen to you. He's not saying that you're going to be perfect. What he's saying is don't go back to, to what had you before. I, I get it. You, you're going to have bad thoughts. You're going to think bad things towards people. But sin no more. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done this on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father here to worketh, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. That's because he was God. That's because he was equal with God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. God wants to heal you as my Lovely wife closes us in prayer. So, Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking truth today, Father God. And and I just pray for all the listeners right now that you would just give them a sense of hope and encouragement, Father, that only comes from you. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in all the lives of people here in Oceanside in all of San Diego County, and we just uh, lift your name up high, Father God. We pray for all of your people to be able to hear your voice once again and turn away from their wicked ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sin no more, lest the work a worse thing happen to you. Jesus loves you. And I believe that today he did a wonderful work in a lot of you. We love you. God bless you. And it's because of what he did on the cross. Jesus loves you. Amen. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday to Thursday, along with a classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for spring 2023. Visit them online at www.atthecrossoceanside.com. That's at the cross oceanside.com. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.